I am Monica Joy, founder of Assistance of Mind, AIM, a networking space for assistance worldwide, from virtual, executive, administrative, and personal assistance across all industries, sharing experience and building a community for growth and opportunity. Get involved, stay relevant. Get the latest from our hundreds of resources, from blogs, articles, ebooks, our forum, and a trending podcast. Interact with the community and get involved. Thank you for tuning into this podcast and for keeping assistance in mind. Hello, everyone in the AIM community. This is Monica Joy, and I'm back with another great podcast. So we are here with Cass from Virtually Cass. She is a virtual assistant, and I will go ahead and let her introduce herself, and then we'll get the ball rolling. So I'll hand it over to you. Hi, everyone. My name is Kassam, but you can call me Cass. I am a virtual assistant. My Instagram is virtually.cass. And just to have a little bit of background of who I am, I actually did administrative work a little bit for two years while I was actually working as a nurse for eight and a half years. I just quit my job about a month ago to go full-time as a virtual assistant. I specialize in working with health and wellness entrepreneurs, um, mostly administration and social media and a little bit of blog management as well. Awesome. Okay. So what I picked up on is you quit your job. Yes, I did. Now, can you tell us a little about, about that? Because there are a lot of people out there who do virtual assisting like as a side hustle, so to speak, right? To get that extra income, but taking that leap to quit your job. Can you tell us a little bit more about of that? Of course, yes. So I quit my job about a month ago. Like I said, I was a nurse for eight and a half years. I actually started my business in January of 2022. Right after the new year, I was like, you know what? I need some change. I think COVID just kind of pushed me off the edge a little bit. And I just was like, you know what, I'm going to take the leap of faith. And I took the leap of faith. This month actually was my last month working as a nurse. And I just went all in. I went all in, did not look back. And one of the best decisions I've ever made. Awesome. Wow. So tell us in terms of, because I know for me, when I definitely transitioned, because I've always done, been in like an admin, right? And then I started doing it on the side and I was kind of forced because I was laid off. So you made that intentional decision. So what were some of the emotions that you felt? Because I know some people just can't handle that anxiety. So how did you manage that? Because that's going to help the audience put things in perspective. Because as a woman, sometimes we make emotionally rash decisions. I know I do, not all women, but I know I do. And sometimes because of our emotions, we hesitate to make certain life-changing decisions that might benefit us. So how was your emotional state and if anything is surrounding that concept? To be completely honest, I was very nervous and very anxious of even just thinking about leaving a job that provided me so much security. And I worked in the field for eight and a half years. So it was kind of sad, but happy in a way because you do something for so long and it's just like, wow, the chapter is changing and you have to be accepting of that. So I was very nervous and anxious, but some things I really did was I journaled on it. I meditated. I really talked about it and said, Cassandra, like, if this is the move that you want to do and feel that you need to do, then you have to do it. And just recently, I was really focusing on the terms of, you know, when you have that fear to move towards it, because that's an opportunity for you to grow. So the more fearful I became, the more, in a way, I, it provided me clarity that, okay, this is the move that you need to make. And if you don't make it, 
I don't want to live with regrets in my life. So I just kind of not pushed my feelings aside, but I worked through them and still kind of being my own hype woman now, because I'm still nervous, you know, being a business owner now, it's when you're working, everything's in a way like taxes and such are being taken care of. But now everything is you as a business owner. You have to dedicate yourself to building routines and building motivation for you to focus every day to make sure that you want your business to succeed, right? I literally sat with it. I worked through the emotions and then I just cut the ties and I was like, this is it. (laughs) Awesome. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And congratulations. Thank you so much. That's a huge step. It's a milestone. And I'm noticing on social media, there's so many virtual assistants out there. So if you can tell me a little bit about maybe a misconception that people have about virtual assisting that you've kind of encountered early on as you start this venture. Yeah, some misconceptions that I did encounter are that some people think that virtual assisting is not a real job because that was something that I even thought before. I'm like, how are people making money being an assistant online? Like, how does this even work? So that was a huge misconception that actually brought me to even trying it to see if it was even real and even possible. Like I wanted to prove myself because it was something that I had in the back of my pocket for years, but I just decided to act upon it this year. So that was one misconception. I think another one is that virtual assistants, I don't know, they don't work as hard as other business owners in a way, because it's kind of like you're just working from home. I feel like people have a misconception when you're working from home, you can literally do everything and anything that you want. When it's really not the case, because you're working from home, it's a little bit more difficult because now you have to put yourself in a schedule that works for you and you have to learn yourself on a deeper level to know what's working, what's not working, and what can I change and and what can stay the same. So I think that's another misconception I encountered as well. No, yeah, that is really true because I've heard that a lot. That's been a topic of conversation among the VAs that people don't value Mm -hmm. VAs because they think basically you're a secretary. Like, what do you do? Like, if you're working virtually, you can't bring someone coffee. It's so much more than that. It's so much more than that. So tell us a little bit about Virtually Cast. Like, what services do you offer that would kind of shatter that stereotype of an assistant just bringing someone coffee? Yes. So services that I do provide are administrative services, social media services, and a little bit of blog management services. So as far as administrative email management, I do a lot of that. I do some phone calls, creating um, PDFs, Google Docs, organizing drives, just really the back end of the admin. And it can go as far as sending out invoices, calendar management. It's just so broad. And for social media, some services that I do provide, I don't do social media management, but I do assist with social media tasks. So a lot of clients have asked me to caption write for them. And I love caption writing. I love it so much. And I also help schedule out posts. I help do, you know, basic content creation and just helping them create like an idea of what, because some people do come to me like, oh, I don't know what I want my Instagram to be like, okay, well, your business is an extension of you. So what do you like to do? Who are you? And I just start from there and kind of just help them with some of those social media tasks. And as far as the blog management as well, it's really just writing blog posts. Again, I love writing and I managed a little bit of the website for them. Not so much like HTML codes, but just kind of like making sure that the links are working and that their website is running well. Yeah. Okay. So an array of services. I love that. I love that. 
that's important because as virtual assistants, we have to offer a comprehensive package because no client is the same, right? So we interact with all these different people who need various things. And, you know, that brings value, which leads me into my next question is what makes a virtual assistant valuable besides your array skill set? I see the value you bring to the table, but like in general terms, like, like of course, of course, <laughs> but in general terms, what makes a virtual assistant valuable? I love that question because there's just so many answers to that when it comes to me. I think value is your personality. It's not so much like you said, the skill sets, but your personality, how you speak to people, why do you speak to those people, who you speak to, how do you attract those people to communicate with you? And also just the mindset of it. Like, how do you make this person feel safe enough and trustworthy enough to work with you? You know, just having that characteristic of comfort and just outgoing and just being authentically you, I feel like that brings the most value when it comes to being a virtual assistant, at least for me. I agree. That is very important. Personality and being able to bounce off a client's personality because, you know, we encounter these clients. I don't know what type of clients you've encountered. I'll ask you that in a moment. But I know I've encountered clients who either have a dry sense of humor, who think they're funny and they're saying these things that are totally off base. And I'm like, are you being serious? Are you being sarcastic? Are you trying to be humorous? Like, okay. And I also think being able to bounce off those different personality traits, that's a skill set. What is like one problematic client that you've had or like a difficult situation that you've had where you found that that skill set came in handy for you? Yes, I think I have encountered a lot of frantic, anxious feeling clients. And I don't understand the process of how I attract those clients because I am very calm. I am the type of person that will say like, it's okay, let's just sit down and let's figure it out. If it's a process, it's a process. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. But we have to find a system that works for both of us so we can see what they work together. So I think I've had encounters of anxious clients and I've also had encounters of clients who are very, like you said, very dry and very serious. And it's like, yes, I am a serious person to an extent. I like to have fun with what I want to do and not necessarily saying that that person is not fun. I think that my perception of fun is different for that person. I don't really know that person. So when I have encountered clients with dry like sense of humor or just a dry you know, monotone, I still act as myself. I refuse to let anybody take me out of character. And eventually I feel like they start to warm up and be like, okay, like she's trying. So let me try yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. I like how you kind of were questioning, like, why do I attract these people? And you know what? How they say opposites attract. Yes. I yeah. think people come to you because they know they need that balance. There's something in you. They feel, they sense that they need. Tell us about any experience that stands out for you. Is there experience with a client that you've encountered so far that has been remarkable, has been frustrating, but how you dealt with it and how can other assistants who are in that position, how can give them some advice on how to deal with those type of clients? There are clients out there and I've had encounters as well that they like to move at like a hundred miles per hour. They feel like that the more that they get done, the more results they're going to see when that's always not the case. Like you move at your own pace and your own speed. And it's really about value and not quantity, at least in my eyes, of what you're providing in your business. So I think a lot of clients have that mentality of like, go, 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 hustle, 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 hustle. And I don't like that. Like I have my periods of where I'm just like, okay, I have a lot to do, but I always check in with myself and say like, okay, like, 
speed, just because you're rushing doesn't mean you're going to get there faster. You know what I mean? So I always just like to, one, definitely implement boundaries to that because I don't like to internalize what the client is actually experiencing as well, because how am I going to be efficient for that client if I'm matching their 100 miles per hour speed? It's just not going to work. So I definitely place boundaries on that. And I also just kind of speak with them and just tell them like, you know, not to be the therapist, but just to really think about, okay, what is it that's making you want to rush so bad? And once I know that, okay, let's implement these systems to slow it down and see if we can work at this speed. And like I said, if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But my biggest thing is boundaries and just placing those and letting them know how you work and understanding how they work. So then you guys can create a cohesive workflow. I like that boundaries. I love that. I love that. That's a hot topic because when I started as a VA, I think I was in this stage of, okay, I just lost my job. I was a little fearful and I just took on like almost any client that wanted me. Right. So I feel like I didn't have any boundaries. So the fact that you have boundaries right off the gate, that's one thing that I think every virtual assistant needs to know just because the client's there, the money might be there. You still need to have boundaries. You don't want to take on a client that is just going to throw work at you and expect you to turn things around in a certain amount of time, but then at the same time, expect some form of quality, right? Exactly. If you left your job, you left for a reason, right? And you left because you didn't want to be an employee. So when you're getting in that space where the client is throwing work at you, you're not a virtual assistant, you're an employee. You're not working for the client. You're working with the client. And it took me a while to understand boundaries too. Like even in the beginning, you know, everybody has their ebbs and flows in life. In the beginning, I was fearful because I was like, okay, I'm going to quit my job. This is it. I'm going to take anybody. But I learned really, really early on and fast that burnout is real. Yes. And I would notice that, you know, Friday evenings, don't hit me up if it's about work. Okay. Like, <laughs> I love that. Love that. So I started to notice that I was super, super burnt out by the time it got to Fridays. And I had to sit there and really think like, girl, why are you so burnt out? And that's when I was like, okay, well, you just lagged on your boundaries because you were fearful. Let's not do that again. And I started to pick that right back up. And then you start to, it's like boundaries are like a self-respect, this honoring how you feel and just learning that like, if you do place those, you'll be more efficient and effective for the person that's seeking help from you. You know, you always want to also help the person that's reaching out to you too. Okay. Yeah. I think that's tremendously helpful, especially for the people who listen to these podcasts because virtual assistants come from every walk of life, whether they've been doing some type of assisting in some capacity as their career, official corporate job, right? Or they're like, this is something I want to get into. This is something I want to learn. So do you have any advice for both those audience in terms of, yes, boundaries are important, boundaries need to be there, but how can you actually like self-check yourself? What are some of the things you do to keep that in check? Yes. So I always in tune myself to how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling tired, and it really stems from knowing who you are. And when you know who you are, you know that, okay, I didn't do a crazy workout today. Why am I so tired? You know what I mean? Like you start to really start to in tune to your feelings. And I feel like your body has more of the answers than you do. Your body feels everything. So I think when I start to feel something that's really off, I'm like, okay, let's check in. Like, why are you feeling this way? What's going on? What happened these past couple of days? Like, let's talk about it, sis. Okay. 
And that's how I do my check-ins and how to implement that. I really go heavy and talk about meditation. I definitely meditate very regularly. And I also journal as well. I like physical things and I like to see things too. So sometimes if you're saying it out loud, when I see it on pen and paper and I can read it, sometimes it makes a little bit more sense to me like, oh, there's a pattern going on. So I also like to, that's ways that I like to implement it. And also just like being out in the sun and going for a walk. And really when you take a break, take that break, whether it's five, 10, 15 minutes, put the phone away, get out of a screen for five minutes and walk and get that circulation going in your body. Because once you get your body to feel good, all the answers are all in there. And you'll be able to understand who you are, what you like, what you want to do. It's not easier, but you'll start to know how to implement boundaries a lot more faster than when you don't really know who you are and the root of where all of that is coming from, if that makes sense. That does make sense. That self-awareness is important. Yeah, it really is important, especially if you hit on it earlier. You're accountable for what you do with your taxes, with how you run your business, the structure, what your hours are, what your rates are. So checking in and having that self-awareness is important because it's not just about the clients. It's also about you and how you treat yourself because that's going to be a mirror image of the type of performance you're going to give to a client. Isn't that right? Yes, yes, I totally agree with that because your business is an extension of you. Just showing that you're, so to speak, half-assing some things, then that's the work that it's going to present. We definitely have to show up for ourselves. So I like that. I like that. And that leads me into another question because I know when you become a virtual assistant, starting your own job, especially with virtual assisting, because depending on your skill set, you know, you could really say, okay, this is my bread and butter, or this is something I have to do to part time. I might have to get another job to supplement income. So really depending on your skill set is how you're going to self-maintain and support yourself. But with that in mind, how can we feel as virtual assistants more empowered in our roles as small business owners, as virtual assistants, as an extension of ourselves and our business? Confidence and self-trust and knowing and understanding that everything that's happening is happening for you and not to you. And it's really just a mindset shift and it's difficult and it's hard, but it's like, you have to truly believe that you can do it. And before it's implemented, because literally everything is vibration and energy. I can go so deep into this topic, but it's really just all of the mindset stuff where if you trust yourself enough to know like, okay, I can do this. I believe in myself and this is the path that I'm supposed to be going towards because I'm supposed to be learning something from this then that's half the battle right there. I love that. I love that. It's all about mindset. Yeah, That is right. I'm glad that you can go into deeper of that. We might have to have a part oh, two yeah. of this podcast because that is so important is yeah. to figure out who we are and to know what our mindset is and understand it and decipher what those little intricacies are because the mind is so complicated. And I feel like as humans, we make it complicated because it really can just be so simple when you know who you are. I agree. But as humans, we like to overcomplicate things yeah. for whatever reason, because we want control. I don't know what it is. Speaking of that, have you ever had a controlling client? I have experienced a controlling client. Yes, it was a black client girl. I And this was when I was first starting out. So I was just like, you know, what? I'm just going to take it. This is experience. This is money. This is how else am I going to learn how to deal with clients again if this was to occur? So in the beginning, I just took it. But now I'm just like, no, it's my business. I can accept who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with. And if you try to control me, 
then you just lost a very efficient virtual assistant that could help your business because that's not what this is about. Exactly. It takes me back to when you said, it's like being back at that workspace and being employed again. Right. If someone's going to dictate exactly what your hours are, what you need to do. Exactly. I'm getting flashbacks myself. (laughs) I'm getting flashbacks. Oh no. I just remember working for a boss who was a micromanager. Everything, he wanted to read emails before I sent out emails. Like, I want to look at the email before you send it to anyone. Send it to me first. And it's like, when you're dealing with a client, they're hiring you based off your expertise. Like, you know what you're doing and you're hiring me for this. So when you get someone controlling, that can really be restrictive. Exactly. It can be. And then it's just like, it's not like a comfortable feeling. It just doesn't feel good. I know, especially for creative virtual assistants who help creatives, if you have a controlling creative, which I haven't met many controlling creatives, but I have met some, that is just so weird and sticky and awkward because it's all about that creativity. And if someone's trying to control that and put a cap on it, it's like counteractive, like it's it's how can you be Thank you. it's an oxymoron exactly it just doesn't work you're totally right when you think about where you were six months ago with your other job as compared to what you're doing now how does that feel for you tell oh. the audience like is it liberating is it fearful like what does that look like yes girl I feel so good because nursing is a very demanding job Nursing is not just nursing. You're a little bit of everything. You're a therapist, you're a janitor, you're all of these things in one role. And it can be so heavy, especially if you have like an empathetic heart. And when I had left that space, I had realized that, yes, I am meant to help people, but not in that way. It doesn't have to be that way. Just because you're so good at something doesn't mean that you have to do it. So I feel currently so light. Like I feel like bricks just have been raised from my shoulders and I can finally like breathe. And not to say that, oh my gosh, I hated nursing so much. I didn't. It's just that I'm a person that feels very heavily for people. And that was the one thing that was weighing me. And I just didn't like the suffering of some encounters that I've experienced in that field. That's just not what I wanted. And I feel liberated because it makes me feel, well, I realized after that I actually have control over my life and I could have changed this a long time ago, but you know, timing is everything. Timing is everything. I love that. I love that. And it seems like you had impeccable timing to do what you needed to do. What advice would you give someone about timing when they say the time is never right? Mm, That's a good question. Timing is never right. I'm sorry. I have to have an unpopular opinion about that. Timing is always right. It's because we, as humans, we learn differently as each other human. And we learn at different timeframes and we learn at different speeds. And that's why just the comparison of everything is just, it's so daunting because with timing, it's just really trusting that, okay, I have learned this specific situation. And now that it's done, it means that I have passed the test. So now it's time to go to something else. And you just keep learning and keep going. And it's like, I know as humans, we like to fight that. And we want to create our own timeline of everything. But how many times do you find yourself trying to fight time to end up back in the same spot again months later? I know I've done that. It's like that ending loop. You're here again because you're trying to fight the time. And it's just like, no, just kind of move with the flow as best as you can with the resources that you have so you can just continue that growth. Like I think timing is just like when you are super in tune with yourself and just 
the universe itself, like you will appreciate that. Yes, this was supposed to happen at this time for me to learn what's coming for me next. That's great. And picking up on when you say resources that you have. So give us an example of those resources, because I know a lot of people out there are listening and they're like, okay, well, what resources is she talking about? How do I... Yes. Resources could be like your family support. It could be the dog that you love. You know what I mean? It could be your journal. It could be your phone. It could be the tea that you drink in the morning to help you calm down. It literally can be anything that makes you feel calm and at ease. And why the reason why I say it's a resource is because it's bringing you back to who you are, bringing you back to alignment to be able to feel and understand like, okay, let's take on life with this way. So when I mean by resources and like toolboxes, I mean those are the things that make you feel centered, make you feel calm and help you get through a tough situation or even a great situation. You just made me think of a brand new catchphrase. I'm going to have to credit it to you, but the self-care toolbox for virtual assistants. Okay, there needs to be something put out there. Maybe go to the Ames next ebook and we'll get your input and we'll give you another spotlight section because I love that. And I do want to add too that because I'm so heavily on, you know, self-care and everything, I am a health coach and I'm also a yoga instructor and, you know, I'm looking to become a meditation, like a breath worker as well. Like all of these things, that's literally what helps me stay so grounded and helps me remain in who I am is those resources of being a yoga instructor and being a health coach. So if you ever need any assistance with the self-care toolbox, girl, I got you. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. I'm always looking for ways to help empower the community because there's so many assistants who message our pages and they're like, well, what are some of the tips? What are some of this? So, you know, I want to put together resources that people can go to because um, we all come from various walks of life, whether we were, I know a couple of the VAs who I have in my groups, stay-at-home moms, now they're empty nesters and they're like 50 years old and they're like well what do I do I want to do something I just need something part-time but I've never had a job before so what do I do so it's like if we give them the resources the tools they just got to know how to use them and we can help leverage what they because being a mom raising kids that's a skill set that's time management right there I applaud all the mamas out there, especially in all walks of their lives of working, not working, even stay at home moms. Like I give to you to be able to stay home with your baby 24 seven, love and cherish, and also trying to find space and time for yourself. All the wives, you know, all of them. I put my heart out to you guys because it's not easy and I don't have any children, but just seeing my friends having babies or just future nieces and nephews, I would like to say. I see the work that it it goes in and I honor all of the mothers out there. Yeah. And if they want a side hustle, it's truly a side hustle because their main hustle is raising the next generation of human beings. I mean, what bigger responsibility can you have? And, you know, it brings me into some of the lessons that I've learned among my career is definitely setting boundaries. I had to learn that. It seems like you hit that off the bat. But what is something that you learned as you became a VA or even just starting your own business or even with just having such resources? What is something that you've come to learn and appreciate? Yes, I've learned that, like you said, a lot of people come from different walks of life. And you kind of have to look in a different lens with each person that you encounter and just trying to not really understand, but just meeting them where they are 
and having them hoping that they meet where you are as well. I think those that's one of the things that was super prominent in my virtual assisting business is there's a lot of businesses out there. There's a lot of different kinds of businesses and I love it. And every person functions in a completely different way. And I love that too, because it shows us as humans, we are so skillful and we are so creative and we are so expressive. So I think that just going in with the open heart in mind that the person that is reaching out to you or you're reaching out to them is also human as well. And that they come with their own, you know, traumas and experiences. And just to be graceful about the whole experience in the best way that you can be. Be a good human. Yes, period. That's it. Be a good human. I love how you hit on so many businesses out there. You put a positive spin on it. You definitely did. I admire you for that. Your positivity is just oozing. So I know there's a lot of positivity coming from you in terms of, you know, a lot of businesses out there. Yes, that's great. But then there's also some negativity for some people who might feel intimidated that there are a lot of businesses, especially a lot of VAs just popping up. Like on Instagram, I've seen like at least 20, two dozen VA businesses pop up. What would you say to someone who's kind of discouraged because of that? Like, where do they find their footing, their place? Where do they fit in? Right. That was one of the reasons why it kind of took me a little while to start my virtual assistant business because I was just like, oh my goodness. Like when I started doing my research, there's so many virtual assistants out there. Like how is anyone going to find me? Like I felt like it was oversaturated, but I think realizing that you as your own person, that you embody a specific characteristic that not everybody else does and that you're unique in your own way. And stepping into that is how you can eliminate feeling that oversaturation and, oh my gosh, like, how is anybody going to find me or how am I even going to start this business if there's so many out there? Like realizing that you are you and there is nobody out there like you. You are super unique and you have different skill sets than any other person that they have. And just because, okay, I want to be a virtual assistant for social media. Okay, that person's assistant for social media too. Okay, but do they know how to use the software of Canva as well as Adobe? Or do they just know how to use their phone edit? You know what I mean? Like there's so many different softwares right. out and each person likes a specific software of how that works too. And you can have the skill set for that. And just kind of marketing yourself, putting yourself out there and just being super authentic and just not really focusing on like other people. I think when you're focusing on other people, like, oh my gosh, there's so many out there, then you're kind of depleting yourself. It's just like block it out, get started and just do it. Yeah, I like that. Operate like you're the only one in town. Exactly, exactly. You have to have that confidence because if you think about it, when you really think about it, you have, I don't have statistics on it, but- If you have a population of virtual assistants and they're constantly opening businesses, well, how many other startups are happening that aren't virtual assisting that you can support? So I'm sure it's one to many, many to none. I don't know, whatever that statistic is, but I'm sure there's plenty of other businesses starting because every time I turn around and I'm from the Silicon Valley, so every time I turn around, there's a new startup and I'm just like, where did they get all this funding? Where's this money coming from? Like, I want some of it. That's so true. There is a lot of small businesses, big businesses, all businesses, all different ranges out there. So I wouldn't want as a virtual assistant to you for all of them to feel that there's not a space for you. Like there's so many businesses out there. And I didn't realize that until I stepped into this virtual assistant world. I didn't know you could literally be whatever you want 
to be in this world. And somebody is going to, at some point, need help in that specific thing. And it may be you, you know, you don't know that. Yeah. Just showing up every day or showing up in the best way that you can, it'll somehow make way to each other. If the vibrations are right and it's working seamlessly, it'll find its way to you and you will find your way to them. I like that. Yeah, we shouldn't be intimidated just because there's so many virtual assistants out there. Everyone has their own lane that they're in. You might have 10,000 who know Canva, but there's only 20% who can create something that looks like A. And there's another 30% that looks like B. Well, out of that 30%, only 5% of the clients are looking for someone who's got that particular style. So it's kind of like matchmaking. Exactly. (laughs) And that's what I love about this field is that we're working for people who are starting their businesses. So they need our help. They need certain tasks done that they just don't have the time to focus on because they're trying to build a brand. So they come to us because we can automate things for them. We can make it a lot simpler. We can make the transition to helping them scale their business a lot smoother. So if your dream client, like, I don't want to say walk through the door, came into your email mailbox, what would that client look like? Well, I'm actually working with one of my dream clients. Direct message on Instagram. And I saw the notification on the top screen of my phone. And I was just like, wait, I had to take a double look. I was like, wait a minute. So I looked in the DMs and I seen that she was actually looking for assistance with her service. And I was like, this is real. Like, so we had a chat and now she is my client. So my emotions were just so high because, you know, you attract what you want, right? Yeah, my emotions were very high that day and I'm still happy. I love that. So you never know how your business will end up. You found your dream client right away. Some people are still trying to find their dream client. And I know my experience, I found my dream client like after a year. I had to put in a year, but I finally found after it's like dating, right? <laughs> All the toads into a prince and you're like, I guess some of us do give up in our dating lives. Okay. I know I have maybe, but that's a whole nother topic. I am resilient when it comes to my small mm-hmm. business. And I can get that from you, that you have that resilience. And the fact that you were courageous enough to step away from something that, I mean, nursing is very lucrative. Yes. So ups <laughs> to you. So Thank I can only so imagine the fear that you had to face. But then it seems like things just really took off for you. Yeah. I mean, how are you feeling like being I know. I... a month in? And no, I can't say that I didn't. It's just crazy. I would probably say like 50% of it I did, 50% of it I didn't. Because for myself, I didn't think that it was going to shoot up this high, this fast, only because I didn't really have any knowledge, much knowledge behind what a virtual assistant does and what they can actually do. I wasn't really secure. And like, I thought there was just multiple services and I had to learn them all and do them all to do these things. When really that wasn't the case. And then I took my first course with L'Oreal. It was the Goal Getter Academy. And she literally just broke everything down in such a tangible way for me to understand it and be like, oh, this is like the perfect start. This is all the information that I need. And I took all the information, I soaked it all in, and I just ran with it. (laughs) That is so amazing. As we come to a close with this podcast, I know we've been chatting for a while. You've been an amazing guest. But what's something you want to leave us with? Like, what do you want to leave the audience with? Words of encouragement or maybe an advisory? I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly. What is it? Yes. I just want to say that 
if you have any type of inclination in your soul that you should be an entrepreneur or you want to start a business, I think that you should follow that gut. I think for me, COVID, and I'm sure for a lot of people, it was a huge eye opener. And it really just brought me back to, all right, girl, like life is short. So what do you want to do? And when are we going to do it? And how are we going to do it? And really sit with yourself. So if you have that inclination, and even if you are still working, do it as a side hustle. I started it when I was still working and that's completely fine because you're not going to know if you like something until you actually do it. So I think that that would be one thing. And then another one is just walk in your power, just own it and say, you know what, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm very like, what if I do succeed in this? Like I always had another 50% inclination that I know for a fact that I was going to succeed as a business owner. I just didn't know what the business was. And even I didn't know the back end of how to run a business. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to learn it. Cause if I just don't throw myself in there, how else am I going to learn it? But I always knew that like I was going to be successful. I was always fearful of success and not fearful of failure because failures are only lessons. And I just think that you just take everything with a grain of salt and take it day by day and just have a good support system. Even if you don't have one, at least be there for yourself. Yeah, showing up, showing up. I love that. And I love the fact that not only do we show up for ourselves, but if you give anyone hope, the possibilities are endless. If you have that faith in yourself. Yes. Endless possibilities. When you really step into your power, like the doors are just open. Because what I like to tell people is that like, when the universe sees that you're taking care of yourself and you're taking leaps to better yourself and and go towards a desire that your heart feels, why wouldn't it take care of you? Why wouldn't God take care of you? You're living in your truth. Why would you not be taken care of? And I've heard this from a different podcast as well. I think it was actually Steve Harvey. When he says like, when you jump out of a plane, it's kind of like when you're taking that leap of faith, right? So you jump out the plane, the parachute may not pull right away. And that's okay, but it will pull out eventually, but you have to show up. And that just resonated with me so much. And I was just like, okay, like, let me just take this leap of faith and we'll see when the parachute comes out because (laughs) I'm all in. I love that. Okay, so Cass, before we go, where can we find you? Tell us all where we can find you online. Just name drop everything because if, if there's any clients listening to this, potential clients, people looking for a great VA, you found her. Yeah, I don't take any other credit because it's no use. So let us know where can we find you? Yes. So I only use right now Instagram and Facebook. So it's Kassan Titus and my Instagram is virtually.cats. So you can find me there as well as Facebook, but I'm mostly on Instagram. That's I like to keep things very simple until I feel that it's necessary for me to expand. But Instagram virtually.cats. I love When people ask me questions, I am an open book when it comes to any type of question. So if you want to contact me in my DMs, if it's not right away, I apologize in advance, but I respond to everybody. I respond to everyone. So even if it takes some time, just pop in some questions. If you want to have a chat, let's chat. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm sure everyone listening will appreciate that, especially up and coming VAs. So all you up-and-coming VAs, hit up Virtually Cast on um, Instagram, virtually.cast, and we'll make sure we tag everything in the comments and everything. But thank you so much for being our guest. It was so great to have you. I know we got to have you again because we got to talk about that mindset for sure. 
Okay, everyone in the AIM community, thank you for listening and find us on Instagram at Assistance in Mind. Until next time.